Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 62 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Grant the Hex Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Great, Phil. Um, just had the first snow day of the year, so... You've had a good weekend. I mean, yeah. you, you might as well just, you know, air it out right now, just get it over with, rip off the Band-Aid. Yeah. What, what, you know, what's the big news from yesterday? As we, We're recording this on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. The Bucks, who are my favorite team, just won the Super Bowl, Phil. It's a great time to be alive. So, first you had the Cubs. Yep. That was a big deal. Now you yep. have now you have the Bucks. Yep. And the Lakers were in there, too. <laughs> so... It's been a good five to six year run. Yeah, it sure has. If you're fans of those teams, for yeah. sure, yeah. Um, how, uh, this is not a sports podcast, but let's talk sports just for like thirty seconds. Okay. Uh, and for people that don't care, they're like, okay, just you know, fast forward six, thirty seconds, I guess. But um, Tom Brady is is an animal. Oh, like, yeah. He's just an Definitely. animal, and he is he defies humanity. Mm-hmm. He just does. Yep. At forty three years old, so and. You just when you think Father Time has come to terms with Tom Brady <laughs> being done, and then nope, and he he's probably going to be around for a while, yeah. like several more years. And I mean, he played really well last night. If you're not into football and you're listening to this, and you're like, "Why are these guys talking about football?" Here's what here's all you need to know about the Super Bowl. Um, the 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 oldest coach to ever go to the Super Bowl yep. won, so he was 68. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest football player, right? I, from what I read, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but what I read was that he, Tom Brady is the oldest player in any position to ever be in the Super Bowl. I believe that's correct. Yeah. So the oldest football player ever in the Super Bowl, yeah. uh, Tom Brady won. Uh, and um, the like the young, spry, you know, wily kind of Chiefs kingdom kind of, team uh just didn't show up to play yeah um it was a not even close yeah there was a meme floating around facebook and it was the only touchdown the chiefs scored in tampa and it was a picture of the chiefs playing oh my gosh yeah (laughs) that's pretty good uh yeah they never scored a touchdown and uh the final score was 31 9 they just the bucks just completely ran away with it i think uh, you know brady obviously is is a huge story i I think just in general just for sports like not even for football um but uh the the bucks defense i think is the real mvp of that game they played very well i could not believe how they were getting to Mahomes on almost every play. Mm-hmm. It was it was unbelievable. If you're not into football, all you need to know is that 
Um, the defense like is doing good just to stop players and like tackle players, but it's a totally another level if you're not even letting them like run the ball yeah. or, or pass the ball. So that's pretty much what they were doing the entire game. And uh, it was hard to watch as a Chiefs fan, uh, yeah. but but great to watch as a Bucks fan. So yeah, it definitely probably wasn't one of those games where if the only game you watch all year is the Super Bowl, yeah, you probably turned it off pretty fast. Oh yeah, yeah. I I imagine probably a lot of people were gone by halftime. Yeah. Um. I I thought that the the weekend's performance was just okay. I, yeah. Like I, I I'm not a big fan of his music. I I don't listen to him a lot, so that's probably a lot of it. Yeah. But um, it was one of the weakest halftime performances I've seen in a while. Um, but, um, yeah, I figure probably by the time the weekend was done there, yeah. their, uh, their weekend was over. So, to speak. yeah. So. And I mean, a lot of people were saying the commercials weren't that great, but yeah, I mean, there were some funny ones. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite one was the Will Ferrell. If you, ha- if you're listening to this and you haven't seen any of the commercials, at least look up the Will Ferrell one. Yeah. Um, there, there's like a, a, a very like low level cuss word in, yeah. a couple times in the, in the, but it's very funny, but it's, it's so funny. And, um, it's, uh, it was easily the best commercial. Uh, and the had. T-Mobile ones were hilarious yeah. too. Yeah. There were, there were several good ones. Um, so, but this is not a sports podcast. No. Grant, we'll, we'll talk more about, uh, the game, I guess, after we hit stop here. But, um, uh, yeah, this is a Disney Plus podcast. We're yep. uh, an unofficial Disney Plus podcast, and re- we review the most popular stuff on the service. If you're just joining us, we've been covering all of WandaVision. So if this is your first episode and you want to hear us talk about all the other episodes of WandaVision this season, we have all those recorded. You can go back in your podcast feed and catch all those other episodes. Uh, today, we are talking about episode five, the episode that just came out most recently for WandaVision. And we like to record. Uh, a review on uh, something else, usually a movie. And so this week we're going to be talking about uh, going back and digging into some national treasure. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that one on the second half of the show. So first half of the show, WandaVision, and the second half, National Treasure. Um, and we, we usually do, if you haven't seen uh, National Treasure in a long time, we usually try to recap it for you, kind of give you an idea of what the movie was. And um you know, some of the gags and kind of our overall thoughts for it. And then we'll go deeper into some scenes and obviously spoil the movie, uh, even though you definitely have had a chance to see it by now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we do, we like to get into uh, just a news of the week. No, it's just a, a random news article that we found about Disney Plus. And I tell you what, there maybe there wasn't a lot of news to be had, but one of the big announcements this week uh, was circling around the Raya and the Last Dragon mm-hmm. movie. Um, Grant, why don't you, why don't you kind of talk about what, what you saw there? Because you, you were the one that kind of yeah. tipped me off to um, it. Well, we knew that this was coming um, and that this was going to be another movie where um, Disney Plus was going to release it in theaters. Plus, they're going to bring it straight to the streaming service. And um, just like Mulan, we're getting the twenty nine ninety nine. And then you'll have the premier access to it. Um, so, I mean, we're definitely going to pay for that because in Springfield, where we're closest to, theaters are kind of open. But, I mean, you might as well just enjoy it at home at this point. Yeah. Because, I mean, nobody really wants to wear a mask at a movie theater. Yeah. I, I would say if you have, like, a really good setup at home, like, we... we um, Grant and I are both lucky enough to have like 4K TVs yeah. and like, you know, good sound systems and stuff like that. Like, I, it's um, 
in the privacy of your own home. Like, I, I don't know, like it's, there's a lot of going, a lot of things going for it. I think if you watch it at home, this movie, I think would, would be stunning on the huge, oh, yeah. big screen Definitely. with a, like a huge loud sound system. It'd be awesome uh, to see it, but um, certainly cheaper depending on how many people watch yeah. it with you. Uh, if you're watching it alone, obviously you're paying way more. It's you know thirty bucks for one person, uh, but if you're watching it with a crowd like your family or some friends, have some friends over or whatever, uh, it actually per head it could end up being cheaper than mm-hmm. going to see it in the theater. So we've had this discussion a lot. We don't need to kind of rehash it here. I I think what's interesting to me about this, I, I want to talk about the trailer here in a second because they they released like a full length trailer. Uh, I think they released like a teaser trailer before, but this is we actually got to kind of see what the movie's mm-hmm. like. So we'll talk about that in a second. I think what's interesting about the premiere access is that like you and I kind of in the late fall, early winter, like back in November, December, we're kind of thinking, okay, was Mulan, the Mulan remake, a failed experiment? Like, mm-hmm. you know, 30 bucks. Oh, you know, that didn't work out so well. Maybe we won't do it again, or maybe we'll do it again, but at a lower price. This tells me it's like, no, this is here to stay. Like yeah. this is, this is going to be the thing. So yeah i mean like the one that we always talk about is black widow and yeah i honestly don't think that i mean it could maybe i mean if movie theaters never go back to the way they were yeah then i don't think disney really has any choice Uh, by the time bonds James Bond comes out, yeah. it's going to be delayed by like two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or a year and a half at least. And um, I, I just don't think Disney wants to do that. Like they, yeah. they want to push these movies out. They've, they've been ready for a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think for a lot of people, and I mean, if they're doing it again, enough people on, as far as Disney's concerned are going to do it. Yeah. That it's going to make it worth, worth their while. So, um, it, and it's, I mean, they have so many subscribers as it is. Yeah. I mean, they can make, I mean, not the type when movie theaters were at their premium, but I mean, they're going to make plenty of money. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like, I mean, Disney is kind of suffering from the pandemic, but I mean, are they really suffering too bad? They would have been way more suffering had they not released a streaming service literally months before the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit. Uh, So that worked out really well for them. But yeah, I I think this is their chance to make money off of a brand new movie especially in markets where theaters are closed. Uh, and so, you know, for some people, they're just going to go to the theater because the theater yeah. in their hometown is open and they'll see it that way and great. But uh, it's 30 bucks and you can watch it as much as you want like over, it, over the course of the next few months. So. And it looks kid-friendly yeah. as it is. So, I mean, I think that'll be a big perk for those families out there. Yeah. I, I have a four-year-old at home. There was no way we were ever not going to see this movie. Yeah. Like she is thrilled. She can't, she can't wait. She wishes it was out now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm specifically not showing her the trailer because she'll just lose her mind and want to watch <laughs> it immediately. So we'll wait to show it to her. But yeah, she wants to see this, this thing the day that it's available and she'll probably watch it a lot in March, April, May. Yeah. It does. Uh, so we haven't talked about the date. It, it releases March 5th day and mm-hmm. date. So you can see it in the theater or at home on the same day. And if you do the premiere access uh, for it, you get to watch it as much as you want over the course of those three months. Yeah. And then June, I think it's June 4th, um, randomly, is the day that it goes free to everybody. So if you can wait a few months, you're just like, ah, I'll watch it sometime. Yeah. You don't have to pay anything. It's just 
part of your subscription service mm-hmm. that you get in June. So, um, you know, wait until then if you want to. If you are like, no, I have to see it as soon as I can, 30 bucks, and then you can, I mean, it's unlimited plays. Like, you can watch it 300 times um, if you want. So, um, yeah. So that that's kind of the details there. Let's talk about the trailer. We you and I just mm-hmm. kind of watched it right before we hit record. Um, what are your What are your thoughts generally on on the I trailer mean, and the movie? It looks like uh, it's going to be different, which um, it's from the same people as Moana, mm-hmm. and so um, the action looks really good in it. Um, it looks like it's definitely going to be it's kind of around Chinese culture. Yeah. It looks like, um, but the action looks really good in it and, um, it doesn't really tell you a ton. I mean, it sounds like there's about, there's three kingdoms that are always fighting and it looks like this girl, uh, Raya is going to be basically tasked with bringing peace to all of them would be my guess. But I mean, the action looks good. Uh, Aquafina's in it, and she's very funny. So okay, I mean, I I think it'll be a good movie. Cool. the The girl that is voicing Raya is uh, Kelly Marie Tran, um, who you would know from the the last uh, Skywalker movies. Oh yeah, uh, she plays Rose. I, I guess not the seventh one, but episode eight, nine rows yep. in those movies. Um, and uh, I really like her a lot. And um, she was in. Uh, recently, as far as like voice acting, this isn't her first rodeo. She was in the last Crudes movie that just came okay. out um, yep. a few months ago. So uh, she's she was a, a key voice in that movie and was so funny. Like mm-hmm. it was a very different role. I I only know her as Rose. Yeah. Um. And so like she's but like really hilarious in the Crudes, uh, a new age or whatever it's called. And um and so I I'm excited. Like she's actually like the title character in this movie. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think that'll be really good. Alan Tudyk's in it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if he's a, a big role or not, but yeah, quite, quite a few voices that you'll know. And, and I think quite a few voices that you won't know, like mm-hmm. it'll be exciting to kind of get to know some, some other actors as well. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of combat in the movie. It mm-hmm. looks like, which is very exciting to me. It's more, it's less uh princessy and more, maybe more. I, I know Mulan is technically a princess, but like it's more, Mulan and um, sword fighting yeah. and you know dragons and uh, you know chase sequences. It, it, it seems more of like an actiony kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to say this though about her character. The thing I'm probably the most excited about is Raya's attitude. Is really interesting to me. She's really um, sassy and snide, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's very unusual for Disney. And the like when you see, like if you just saw like a screenshot, like it's just a still image, you're like, oh, it's another princess movie. This, this, she's not a princess. Like no. she is rough and like is like almost Spider-Man ish in the the way mm-hmm. that she like rails against her aggressors and stuff like yeah. that. Um, she's a protagonist. I, I think it will be very interesting to watch. Um, so, and it's obviously going to hit with kids. I, there's no way that this movie, like, you know as reviewed by children would be like less than like a nine out of 10. Like every yeah. kid is going to love this movie, but I think it has the potential of being pretty, a, a good hit with adults. So yeah, um, we will definitely be reviewing it mm-hmm. on this podcast. So um, as you have a chance to watch it, we'll, 
try to do, I, I know not everyone is going to watch it on day one because uh, again, because of the additional costs, but we will, uh, for that episode, try to do like a non-spoiler section and then go into spoilers, make it pretty clear when we're transitioning into yeah. that. That way you can come back and, and listen to the the spoiler talk if you don't want to get spoiled on it, um, but want to wait to, to watch it. So, so that's coming down in March. That'll be here before we know it, less than a month from, from now. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, well, let's get into the topics for today. Um, we are covering WandaVision episode five. And uh, let me just say this show gets better and better. Oh, yeah. With every episode. Definitely. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, episode five is, is entitled On a Very Special Episode, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, that, okay, so there's, a, I think, a couple themes in this episode mm-hmm. that, like, I, I want to talk, like, every episode, kind of like, what was the episode about or what were we following? So I think the dog is a big part of the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the obviously the kids growing is is you know the most the most intriguing part, and then um, just the the idea of like things unraveling, like things are like starting to become unglued, things aren't aren't uh, staying together as as well as like Wanda would like. Yeah, um, kind of unraveling kind of thing. So, um, what what's of interest to you to talk talk about, um, or what would you add? I, maybe I'm missing a, a I mean, big part of it. I think. Um We've talked about how powerful Wanda is, but I think this episode kind of hints at stuff that Wanda can't do yeah. or stuff that she says she can't quote unquote do. Let's, but, start, let's start there. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so in the episode, the boys get a dog named Sparky and they enjoy this dog, but then close to the end of the episode, Sparky dies. Well, they don't really come out and say that Sparky's <laughs> dead, but he's in a bl- he's wrapped in a blanket yeah. or something. <laughs> and so, and it's kind of a depressing moment, but you find out that um Sparky is dead and the boys all they want to do is bring Sparky back to life, of course. And um they know that their mother is powerful, but Wanda says that she can't bring people back from the dead. So, which is interesting because I mean we know we all know that the Vision is dead, yeah, technically. Um, and at, the end of the episode, something else happens that's very interesting too, which we probably won't talk about yet. But. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should have said that we're going to spoil the episode um, on this as well as National Treasure. You probably figured that out by now. But um, yeah, I think um, the idea of what she can't do is very closely tied with the idea of, of rules just in general. Mm-hmm. Like there are rules to that. that We now know that this place is called the Hex, right? Yep. So like in the Hex there are certain rules like, and whether, whether or not she's aware of how they were created or if she did them intentionally, I don't know. But like, like I, I, I wasn't quite sure I was, I was picking up on it as I was watching the episode, but I, I read a few articles and kind of confirmed it from, you know, by reading other people, but like the, the boys are growing, are aging on their own. Like yeah. that's like something that she can't control either. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they are able to age themselves whether she wants it to happen or not. Like she, during that scene with the dog, like um, they're besides themselves are just beset with grief and 
they are saying like, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna grow up and and, and move past, you know, mm-hmm. just it, it's, it's basically like if you've ever lost a loved one or a pet or something like that, um, you know, it's it's a uh, you want to get past it, but you can't, and it's like this this um, you know for days, weeks, months, maybe years of your life, you're you're just like trudging through mud, like just trying to get yeah. through an, another day. And they're just, they want to skip past all that. And she's like, no, don't, you know, like, you know, feel what it feels to have grief in this moment, you know? And she's like begging them not to age. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, what watching her say, I can't raise the dead and I can't stop you from aging uh, is really cool. Like to see her like not be all powerful all the time. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's very interesting. Um, the whole thing, because I mean, obviously she kind of bent some sort of rule because the vision is dead. I mean, yeah. we, we saw it cleanly <laughs> and I mean, I don't think there's anything coming back from that. And I mean, even was it last week's episode, the one before this one, is that when we saw like the kind of like ghostly vision? Uh, or was that two weeks ago? I think ago? that was two, yeah. Episode so, three. I mean, obviously, there's some sort of rules, but, I mean, I don't really know. Yeah. Because the end of the episode really threw me for a loop. Yeah. And, I mean, I I had read articles about the potential of what happened. Oh, really? Happening. I was completely so, floored. I, I didn't see it coming at all. So, I mean, I wasn't shocked. Yeah. But I mean, I was still pretty I'm intrigued for sure. Yeah. Um you want to talk about that now or or later? It doesn't matter to me. We can talk about it now. Yeah, I I, I mean and then I think, we and then we can reverse from there. Yeah. I think it goes with the conversation. Um for me I, I think it goes with it tangentially because I'm not sure I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully you've seen the episode by now because we're obviously spoiling a big, <laughs> you know, one of the biggest moments I think of the entire season uh, happened at the end of this episode. But um, so Pietro arrives, he rings the doorbell. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another moment of, of her saying, I didn't do this. You know, like this is beyond my control. Yeah. We know control is a big thing for her at the end of episode four. She talked about that. I've got everything under control. And she's not controlling this. And he shows up at the door. And, and I, I I just, like, when I saw the gray hair, I was just like, that's either Pietro or, like, I even thought it could be Magneto. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't, where, where are they going with this? And then when they show his face, it's Pietro, but it's not Pietro from the MCU. Yeah. It's Pietro from the Fox movies, the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, X-Men movies. Yeah. Um, so you had read some something about, like, you weren't necessarily expecting it to be him, but you had yeah. heard about the possibility yeah. he could show up. I mean, I had he- I had read an article that the the actor that plays Pietro uh, had been casted for for that role. Okay, and so I figured it was coming at some point. I just didn't think it would happen this soon. Yeah, and we be- still have four more episodes yeah. left. So. I mean, I'm very intrigued where they go from here. But, I mean, it's very interesting. And I almost feel like, because he's in the leather jacket, I almost feel like it's kind of a go-to for next week's episode. Kind of like, because I've read that they're going full house for next week's oh, episode. Wait. That's going to be so, so great. So, 
I feel like he's kind of almost going for an Uncle Jesse type of look. Oh, that'd be cool. So, well, he is their uncle, so yeah. like that makes so sense. I'm I'm very intrigued at what's going to happen, because um, like even Caitlin and I had discussed this, and Caitlin was like, "Has Pietro even met the Vision?" And I was like, "Well, they were in that last battle together, but they never showed." these two really interacting yeah. together. So that's I was a great like, question. I was like, I don't think so. Not really sure, but I don't think they have ever met. Yeah. So is it Darcy? One of the characters said like, they did, did she just recast? Yeah, that like was she, Darcy. Okay. Yep. She uses the, the phrase, the word recast. Um, and you know, obviously it's recast in, a metaphorical sense like mm-hmm. inside of the show but it's also in a literal sense like the cat the, the actor <laughs> yeah is different it's the it's the one from the the x-men movies and so one of two things is happening or maybe a third thing i'm not thinking of but um either that it, it's it's pietro like it's he has all the same memories as wanda does they grew mm-hmm. up to this is literally the person that she grew up with yeah but she's recast him for some reason like she wants him to look slightly different than he did. Maybe that's because she doesn't want, she could, couldn't handle the grief of seeing her actual brother again. So, you know, she's, she's modeling him differently. Yeah. Um, what I think is a more interesting take is that this is another Pietro. Like it's, it's a Pietro from a multiverse mm-hmm. standpoint. So we know that Marvel's been teasing at, at multiverse. We kind of saw, you know, diverging timelines in the end game, the Avengers end game, infinity war stuff. And then they've been, a lot has been said about Doctor Strange and the next Spider-Man movie and are they going to have multiple Peter Parkers, like, yeah. you know, kind of uh, into the Spider-Verse kind of mm-hmm. style. Um, you know, and, and will those some of those characters persist to, like, you know, permanently live in the MCU? Like, we'll always have two two Peters or three Peters, you know? Um, and so I, I we know that this movie is closely tied into Doctor Strange, which is going to introduce the idea of a multiverse. Yeah. Um, and so is this like the precursor to that? Like is is this Pietro being pulled from another universe and this is setting up the events of Doctor Strange before it even happens? Um, I'm, I'm interested in either one of those scenarios, yeah. but what do, what do you think? Like, I mean, I think this definitely is ushering in X-Men to the MCU. Yeah. Because I mean, X-Men has kind of been kind of like the stepchild in the MCU. They don't really... Which, I mean, I don't really blame the MCU (laughs) because, I mean, the movies X-Men has released in, like, the last five years have been horrible. So, I I don't blame them for not wanting to be associated with that. Well, they they didn't have own the license to them until a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of ushering in that. Um, One thing that you and me had talked about earlier was um, I want... I had read, because I I love reading articles about the show, just trying to get like a deeper knowledge of it. Because, I mean, like I said at the beginning, I I don't read the comics. I watch the movies and that's about it. And I read an episode where where they thought there had been rumors that James Spader's around the corner and that would be as Ultron. So I wonder if you and me had talked about this earlier. I wonder if this could be an a, a revenge TV show, yeah. Where they're literally where she's resurrecting not only Pietro, 
but Ultron is well, and she's going to get her revenge, and they're going to kill Ultron together. So basically, reinventing the events, like yeah. like basically saying this is the way I wanted it to go down, mm-hmm. where Ultron gets utterly destroyed, and yeah. no one, none of the good guys die. Yeah, but I mean, then you almost think. Well, is Thanos around the corner if that's true? Right. Which I don't think that's happening. Don't get me wrong. I think Thanos has played his role in the MCU. I mean, he may be in movies down the line, but I think I don't think we're getting Thanos in this show. But I would not be surprised if we got Ultron again. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've already mentioned Ultron's name in yeah. the in this series. So um you know, they mentioned Pietro's name and he showed up. So, you know, anything's possible. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want the show to go that way. Like I, I, yeah. I, you might be right. Um, but I, if, if it goes that, I don't know, I, I could be pleased with just about anything that Kevin Feige chooses to do. But I, I, I kind of, I did we, last week's episode, you and I kind of talked about how Wanda might ultimately be the villain mm-hmm. of, the, of this show. And it does seem that way. Like um, people are afraid of her uh, and we, we we'll get to the, the mid, kind of mid scene here in a little bit, but like she, um, there she's terrorizing this area oh, and, yeah. and holding thousands of people hostage. She's already the villain. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of almost want to see a big showdown where they have to take her down as opposed to her taking like Ultron down. Yeah. Um, but maybe they try to do both. I mean, they, they do have like another couple hours worth of footage um, yeah, to show I, us. So. I am very intrigued. And I mean, if I wasn't bought in before, which I mean, the last three epi- ep- episodes have been gold in my book. Yeah. So, I mean, this show just gets better and better. And I am very interested to see which way they are going to head on yeah. this. So let's talk about the outside world a little bit because that's another big part of the episode. Um, we get to see Monica um, awake and, mm-hmm. um, you know, lucid. Like she she remembers everything and she's kind of, you know, answering all their questions and kind of the, interv- the whole beginning of the episode, they're interviewing her and, um, you know, we see a, a scene with her uh, clothes that she was wearing and she, she fires a gun and they bounce yeah, off. That the, was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, there, there's of course the big scene with, with Wanda coming out of the hex, um, and actually mm. talking to everybody. Yeah. Um, which I never thought like I, if you had, if you had said, if you had predicted on last week's episode of the podcast that Wanda was going to exit the hex, I would have been like, you're crazy. There's, yeah. She's not leaving that thing. And, Sure enough, mid-season, she's out of the hex. It's only for a minute. Yeah, um, and I, I feel like that also <laughs> shows that Wanda is the one that truly is in control. Oh, yeah. Because if somebody was quote-unquote controlling Wanda or if Wanda's the one being held captive, I don't think she would be leaving yeah. Westview. Yeah, she leaves easily. Yeah. Like, just walks out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely her that's involved, but... Um, the, also the, uh, the director Hayward, I think mm-hmm. his name, yep. um, is starting to look more and more like a bad guy. <laughs> like yeah. he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's the director of sword, but he's also like, like he's trying to murder Wanda. Like they, mm-hmm. they send in that drone and I think Monica's driving it right. And, um, and 
you know, there it's eighty it's the eighties, so he's like, you know, clean up the image or whatever. They get a clear view of Wanda. Wanda comes out of the house and sees a drone flying overhead. And um he's like, Take the shot. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, this guy's a jerk. Yeah. Like he's not even gonna give her like a fighting chance. Like he uh-huh. wants he wants her to get shot in the head, basically, right here on the camera. Which um, obviously she would have been able to well well, she does stop it. Yeah. Obviously, but I mean do you think one <laughs> drone's going to be able to kill one of the strongest? It makes uh, you wonder how much he really knows about her. Yeah. Like that he feels like he could take her out that easily. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then she comes out and faces like him and all of his, there's like what, 15 guys with guns. Oh yeah. All like pointing. And, and she completely controls them. Yeah. Which is nuts. But I mean, when they've talked about that, there's like 3000 people in there. So, I mean, it's not, out of the realm of possibility that she can control that many people at once. Yeah. Um, uh, let's, let's come back to Monica here in a second. Cause I want to jump on off of that. Yeah. Um, so there's that scene, obviously the vision is figuring things out and he's, mm-hmm. he's starting to ask a lot of questions. And at one point he's like, he's like, you couldn't possibly be controlling everybody. And it's exactly the question that you and I asked a couple episodes ago where we're like, she's probably not controlling everyone. Yeah. She's controlling like the, the main cast of characters mm-hmm. in this TV show called WandaVision. But everyone else is kind of like, she just kind of sets the top spinning and just lets it spin on its own and she's not thinking about it. I'm pretty sure she, I mean, correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. I, I'm pretty sure I got the impression that she was saying she's literally controlling every, yeah, every I'm, motion. I'm pretty sure she does. And, uh, even the trailer for next week, even hints at that she is definitely controlling everybody. Cause I mean, you have the office scene where, uh, what's the guy that works with the vision? I can't think of his name. Oh yeah. Um, Norm. Yeah. You have the scene where Norm, where vision just taps on him. And he just goes back to his normal norm and he's freaking out. He's asking where his family is yeah. and how long it's been, he's what like, day I, it he's is. He's like, I need my phone. I need my phone. Yeah. And then he taps back and Norm just goes back to the way we've seen him this whole show. Yeah. That guy's a great actor, by the way. Yeah. Like the way that he jumped from like one person into another on the fly, it was awesome. But I mean... I I truly believe, I mean, this episode, which, I mean, I I was pretty sure that she was controlling everybody after the last episode, but I mean, this episode just, I mean, I I think it's 100% for sure that she is controlling every single person in that town. That's crazy. There's, there's, what, 3,400? It's like almost 4,000 people. Yeah. It's it's nuts. Like... I can't even imagine the kind of power that she would have if she can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty cool. Um, so, like the the whole thing with the dress and the the Kevlar and everything yep. like that. Like they analyzed the the dress that she was wearing that that Monica was wearing rather in inside the hex, and they're like, it's the dress is made of eighty seven percent Kevlar, mm-hmm. and she fires you know a few bullets off and just bounces off the dress. Yep. So, she was wearing Kevlar a vest, a bulletproof vest when she went into the hex. And then when, when her clothes got transformed and she, now she's wearing a dress, it, it like changed the outside, the appearance, Mm -hmm. but like the, the actual material of, of what she was wearing was unchanged. Yeah. Largely, if not entirely unchanged. And that is really interesting to me as well. Oh yeah. Like there's, um, 
it's more about keeping up appearances than it is to actually like change the makeup of something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know where that's going, but that's really interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, there, I, there were a couple things where, cause I've watched this episode twice now and there were a couple things that I was just like, huh? And I'm, I'm very intrigued about which way the show is heading with a couple of things that we saw in the, the outfit was one of them. Yeah. Where it was just like, hmm. And Pietro showing up at the end. Yeah. And, but I mean, I I really do think that at some point in the show, I really, this is kind of a bold prediction for me, but at some point in this show, I think we might get a Vision versus Wanda. Oh, I'd love that. Fight. Yeah. I think that would be epic. Yeah, we we kind of they didn't come to blows, but we like there's that scene where they both start flying, they levitate, mm-hmm. um, and are like just flat out yelling at each other yeah. at the end. Um, which, d- dude, the way that they she tries to end the show, mm-hmm. like she ends the episode, she's like, "Well, that's it for tonight or whatever." I'm going yeah. to bed, and he's like, "No, you're not. This isn't over. We're still arguing." Yeah, and the credits start rolling over their like mm-hmm. argument as they go into the living room. Like the show is cl- clearly the episode is clearly over. Yeah, but he doesn't want it to be over, and how she's like trying to like force it to be done and stuff like that. I thought was so brilliant. It was mm-hmm. like creatively like really cool. Yeah, the way that they shot it's that. It's gonna be crazy, and. I mean, in uh, the trailer for next week's, which have you watched the trailer for next week's? All, all I know, all I saw was like the Halloween thing. Yeah. And there's a, which I think this really shows to who Agnes is, which we talked about that it's Agatha Harkness, yeah. which I, I truly believe that's yeah. because her costume for Halloween is a witch. Yeah. So I think, I think it's pretty clear now. Yeah. And it's very interesting because Vision does the same type of thing they did to Norm on her. And she's like, well, aren't I dead? And she's like, wait, you're dead too oh, to wow. the Vision. Wow. So, I mean. I It's about I, to get crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I, but Wanda, I feel like they kind of want you to keep guessing that she's maybe she's not the villain, but I mean, I really don't think there's any way you can argue against her not being the villain. Yeah, I feel like it. I think you're right. I think it's going to come down to Vision and maybe Harkness together, like yeah. try, trying to take her down together. Maybe Monica as well, like yeah. all three of them. Uh, it's going to take an army. And and then I think how Doctor Strange comes into play. Yeah, I think he's just going to wipe this out of the timeline. Completely. Do you, do you think Doctor Strange shows up in the in the final episode? Oh yeah, definitely. That that Without would be awesome. I, if Benedict Cumberbatch was actually in the show, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I, I think it will be wiping these events completely yeah. off the map. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's it's so interesting to me what's really going on in there. Like, um, she like one of the characters even says like. The, those things are real. Like yeah. these, those are real people. Those are real objects. Like any of those objects could, could if if Wanda allowed it to be, could just exit the hex. Like it, these yeah. aren't like a manifestation. She didn't create these things out of nothing. They're real objects. She's just like changing the way that they look. Like, yeah. And and that's that's true to the comics. Like Wanda is 
a reality bender. Like she mm-hmm. bends the way that things look and, and you perceive them similar to Dr. Strange, but um, she doesn't necessarily have the power to like transform an object into another object. Yeah. Like it's, she's just making you think it's something else mm-hmm. um, messing with your mind. So I loved, uh, like you said, I, I loved watching vision, like, you know, hold his, his fingers to the Norm's temples and like yeah. snap him out of it. And like, you know, even for a few seconds, like have the, the look of terror in his face of like, Oh my God, like get me out of here. You have to stop her. You have to stop her. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I mean, we even got a question kind of answered cause we've been wondering how, um, Wanda brought the vision back to life. But I mean, we got the scene where, um, they show her at sword breaking in and stealing the vision's corpse. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, about that. I mean, I definitely think it's going to dive deeper into this as we get to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Before the end of this season, we'll know exactly why the vision's alive. Yeah. And how it happened. I, I have, a, I am super intrigued. And one of the, one of my biggest burning questions right now is why? Yeah. Like, why is this occurring? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they hinted, hinted at it in a couple lines I wrote down. Um, at the beginning of the episode, Monica is almost apologizing for for Wanda. Like I don't know if she's been uh, brainwashed or like she just like legitimately thinks that Wanda's not that bad of a person. Yeah. But she says, um, "quote This isn't a premeditated act of aggression." Like she she thinks that like Wanda's not really doing this to be mean mm-hmm. at all. Um, and then when Wanda comes out of the hex and faces everyone for like that forty five seconds or whatever, she says. Um, uh, let's see. I just had a, let me find it. Um, she basically says like, Hey, leave me alone. Like I'm, I'm never going to let you take away what you took away from me before yeah. um, type of thing. And, um, Oh, I have what I want and no one will ever take it from me again. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, they're already hinting at it like that. This is, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think it's more confirmed in this last episode of like, she's doing this, almost kind of selfishly like it's it's oh, yeah. you know for Definitely. her own desires mm-hmm. but and in you know uh other people's wills be darned you know like uh, yeah. who cares what other people want um but ultimately like i don't think she's trying to like take over the world yeah. i don't think I, I think she just wants to live in her bubble and just and have she life. wants to be happy yeah yeah and and this is this is whatever sacrifices had to be made are worth it yeah. and um i i think she the main thing she wants right now is for everyone to leave her alone. Yeah. I, I think I, I legitimately, I don't think she wants to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, she turned the guns on the director, but she didn't make them fire. I, I don't, I don't think she's out to kill anyone. I think she, she seems to me as someone that's been so burned by everything that's happened that she just wants to be left alone and left in peace for the rest of her life. Yeah. And I feel like the hostages in there, it, she just wants to have a normal life and that's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. And I really feel like, because she wants to be married to Vision, she wants to have kids, and the only way that happens is they just want to live the suburban life, or Wanda wants to live the suburban life. Yeah. And this was the only way. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie, um, I think it's called Pleasantville? Mm-mm. It's a, it's a black, it's like an or late nineties, I think mid nineties movie, but it's shot in black and white. And okay. it's, and it's basically, um, just kind of like 
uh, it's Pleasantville. Like it's it, the the entire town is perfect. Yeah, and um, it's it's the idea of the movie kind of chases the idea of utopia and like could could any society ever be truly perfect? And there's a there's always an under seedy underbelly, you know, yeah. behind anything that looks gorgeous on the outside. Um, and, and I kind of get that idea from this show too. Like mm-hmm. it's um, it's her like there's something sinister underneath, obviously. Oh yeah, but. On the outside, if you're just watching the show, if everything looks great and hunky dory and everyone's laughing, um, so yeah, it's uh, it it's that makes it really dark. Like when you think when you know what's really going on, mm-hmm. like it's it's a really dark show, even though it looks light on the outside. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just really digging it. Um, any other kind of general thoughts on on the episode? We kind of talk about oh, I we never no, I guess yeah, we did talk about the the dress thing. Yeah, um, I mean. The boys, I guess we didn't really talk yeah, about no, it, but, yeah. but I mean, the boys age from zero to five yeah, and then they age from five to 10. So, I mean, and you kind of get the assumption that Wanda's powers don't work on her own kids yeah, because when they're babies, they're crying oh, yeah. and she tries to stop them from crying, but it doesn't work. Yeah. So you almost feel like that the boys... I don't know, have some sort of, that could be like a rule too, that she can't use her powers on them. Yeah. She tries to get him to, to stop crying and is almost confused when it doesn't work. Yeah. And cause I mean, that's really like the, the least of, of her powers, like to, mm-hmm. to make them stop crying and it's for whatever reason doesn't work. And then Agnes actually makes a joke. She's like, kids, you can't control them. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's literal. Like you can't, she can't control yeah. the kids. And because like we talked about when the dog quote unquote dies, they want to uh, age more yeah. and uh, she really talks them out of it because I mean, I don't think she has any control over Billy and Tommy really. Yeah. I, I don't think she's going to have any control over Pietro. I, I think yeah. Pietro is going to do whatever he wants. Um, I think vision more and more, I think it's going to start taking control as well. Um, we, we saw him take a lot of control in this episode more than any other episode. And I feel like in the next episode, he may be like maybe in control almost the whole episode, like maybe half of the episode. So I could definitely, I definitely think that vision is really, I mean, he's not going to be, he's not going to go to the dark side like Wanda. I definitely think Vision's going to rise up as the hero of this show. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. Um, Which, I mean, I mean, it'd be exciting to see a Wanda versus Vision fight. Oh, that'd be great. And I don't know if we'll get it, but, I mean, I think it would be excellent if it happened. But, I mean, I really do think that we'll get Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange when it's all said and done. Yeah. And that'll be the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I can't wait uh, to see how it ends. So um, uh, I had to look up the commercial break because I didn't understand what the reference was. Like the other ones were so obvious. Like it was Hy- Hydra. Or- yeah, it was Lagos. Lagos brand paper towels. Yeah. And um, th- did you did you catch it? I, I had to well, look it up. Well, I read about it. Yeah. It- it's from Civil War, right? Yeah, it was. It was kind of a deep cut. I, yeah, I hadn't. It's it's the t- the name of the town that they're in in like in one of the scenes. So what happens in Lagos in that movie? If you haven't seen it in a while, I I didn't remember remember it all. Um, Wanda is in that scene mm-hmm. in, in Captain America is there as well, and she 
I think accidentally, like she's she doesn't know how to control her powers. Oh yeah, um, like I know what you're kills a bunch of people yeah. in that building, mm-hmm. and um, it's interesting. Like that in the commercial break, that there's like red, yeah, like that is it's it's like you know punch yeah. red red punch or something like that juice that's been spilled on the table, but it's like blood red, yep, and like there's like she's like trying to like wipe up it and, and that goes with the theme of the show of like mm-hmm. just over in general like she's trying to wipe away the 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 guilt the the blood that's yeah. on her hands like it's it's really interesting how the, the commercials even kind of play into yeah what we're watching so yeah and i mean i just wonder because they've all sword has already said sent a drone in and you gotta think that an army's coming in oh at yeah. some point they, they've already kind of teased at it. I think we might even see it in the next episode, but Monica wants like something on wheels. Like, yeah. um, and I think they showed it in one of the trailers, but like they, they basically have like a, um, like almost like a military vehicle that like rolls in is like, like it's, a tank. Yeah. Type. It's just completely shielded yeah. um, on the outside. So they think that, that like, as long as that thing can make it in and they're in, there are people inside of it that they might actually be able to go in like and keep their guns and like actually yeah. like, you know, kind of keep be, be, keep, you know, kept from change yeah. um, once they go in. So I, I think we'll find out in these last four episodes, how powerful Wanda really is. Yeah. Will she be able to withstand? Gosh, it's going to be epic. I, I think, we we have not seen any really any combat yeah. in this in the show. I think the last couple episodes are going to be super Crazy. super yeah. combat heavy. Like mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a ton of fighting. Um, I'd be interested to to see how much they show the town. Like does the town rebel against yeah. her? Like it could get crazy. I think we're going to see more kids now too. Yeah, in Westview. They uh, so Vision makes a, a yeah. comment about that. He's like, "Why are there no children?" Mm-hmm. So I, I I am almost positive because I mean that the next week's episode is Halloween themed. Yeah. So I definitely think we're going to get kids in the next episode. Cause I, I don't really think they would have, cause we've talked about this in the past. Every line in this show means something. Yes. And so they wouldn't be saying that they wouldn't even talk about other kids yeah. if it wasn't going to happen. No, you're right. That's brilliant. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they do the Halloween stuff. Um, yeah. We'll have a lot to say about that episode, mm-hmm. too, I think. So. But another great episode. Yeah. I mean. This this show is going great. I It was, you know, if, if you go back and if you've been sticking with us for our coverage, the first couple episodes were touch and go, I, yep. I think, for us. I think it was for a lot of people. Um, people yeah. You know, people that aren't, haven't even been on this show like that I've talked to about it have had, kind of had a lot of the same thoughts as we yeah. have. Um, and, and then that third, everyone talks about that third episode of just being like this, Oh my gosh. Like I, I know what's going on now. Um, yeah, so. I, I was talking to one of my buddies that he's outside of the podcast, but, um, and he had told me that him and his wife had watched the first two episodes and then they stopped watching Yeah, and they started watching something else. And I, I was like, well, are you going to come back to it? And, and he was like, yeah. Probably. And I was like, you need to, because these last three episodes have really picked up. Yeah. I, I too know somebody that, that gave up after the first two episodes. I'm like, ah, you made a mistake. Yeah. Like, you, you gave up a little too early. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I mean, I don't know. Those first two episodes, they were 
not very good, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But, I mean, these last three have made up for it. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard because um, you don't have the tension in the show without those first two episodes. Yeah. Like, like, going back, like, what would I rewrite about those first two episodes? I, maybe more put in more, like, real-world reveals or something mm-hmm. like that. But I don't know if you want to tip your hand that early. I, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a sticky thing because they, they want to set up this... <clears throat> the the um, the problem like yeah. what what is the problem mm-hmm. and uh, you have to do that over a couple episodes so yeah, yeah. I don't know what they would have changed but because um, I mean they obviously mm-hmm. didn't want to give away that Wanda was in control yeah. right away um, and then they didn't want to give away that um, these people are under like mind control yeah so I mean I don't think they really could done it differently I I I wonder if they the only thing I would have changed maybe is just like combine those two episodes into a single episode mm-hmm. and then get a, a little faster to yeah. the big reveals that we saw in episode three. But I don't know. I, it, those, those first two episodes just from like a sitcom level were, were I thought, I thought pretty fascinating. So, yeah. And I um, mean, it's something new for MCU. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Which I mean, this kind of was, I mean, I still think WandaVision's kind of like the test run for the stuff that they're going to roll out. Yeah. So uh, they've been doing showing more and more about Captain Falcon. There was a Super Bowl commercial about yeah. Ca- Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier. That show to me seems like it's going to be more... And I don't mean this as a slight. I, I, you know, yeah. I love MCU stuff. Uh, it's, it's more like paint by numbers MCU. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I think that show is just going to be just a straight up action flick. Yeah. Um, and that'll be great too. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really excited about that show. Um, but like the people are talking about this WandaVision show in the same way that they talked about Ant Man, like being a, a, a divergence, like a heist movie in an MCU. You like you can't do heist, you know. Yeah. Uh, or Guardians. Like, you can't do space aliens and do MCU. Is like, no, we can do a lot of different yeah. subgenres within this greater, like, superhero thing. So, um, but yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's been a success. The, this is probably some of the most horror. Like, if you, <clears throat> it's subtle horror. It's not like, um, you know, slasher horror, but yeah. like it's um, it's it's more thriller horror than anything else that they've done, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought some of the Ultron stuff was was very hor- horrific. Yeah. Um, and um, and maybe some of the other, you know, characters here and there, but like they, they're going for straight up like, um, almost uh, the the show almost kind of feels like a um, uh, oh gosh, what am, what am I thinking of the old um. Oh, I'll think of it later. The, the the old shows like you know that would make you think about like sci-fi stuff or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know the old black like and white. the X Files, yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, th- those kind of things. So yeah, I I think it's it's uh it's about to get crazy just from a perspective of like what what is she capable of and yeah. what she, what will she do next? And in that sense, it's very scary um to watch. Which so. I I feel like because I've read about the next Doctor Strange movie and that's supposed to be borderline horror movie. Yeah. So I feel like that this is kind of maybe almost a precursor to kind of get people ready oh, for yeah. what's going to happen in Doctor Strange yeah. too. Yeah, wet your appetite a little bit. And then Spider-Man will come in and, yeah. and bring levity. But yeah, I'm I'm stoked for that one. Yeah. We got a good year ahead yeah. of us. So, but I mean, they've done a good they've done a great job so far on this. Yeah. And 
I mean, I can't wait to see. It's so great that we're getting it weekly. Like yeah. I, I, the the drip feed of just every mm-hmm. seven days, you're getting more content is is so fun. So, uh, speaking of fun, 2004 was a fun year for movies. Oh yeah. Uh, 2004 is the year the National Treasure came out. Uh, if that doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what will. Um, that movie it, here in a few years will be a 20 year old movie. That is crazy. Uh, yeah. And, um, uh, stars, the likes of Nicolas Cage, uh, Harvey Keitel, John Voight, Diane Kruger is the the girl. Um, the late Christopher Plummer. And I was just going to say, Christopher Plummer, very timely. Uh, we did not plan it that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, Christopher Plummer um, sadly left this world um, in this in this last week, right? Like, yeah. In between episodes. Yep. It um, was Friday, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it was recent. Um, Thursday, if not. We, we didn't do this on purpose. We, yeah. we were going to... Um, we planned on watching this movie right after we hit stop on the, on the recording last week. So, um, so yeah, it, it was, it was very interesting to me that like yeah. he's in this movie, and but I didn't even remember he was <laughs> in this movie. I haven't seen this movie in so long yeah. before I watched it today. Yeah. Um, so I think people like to make fun of this movie. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. I think a lot of that's Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, people just love to, to make fun of him, but I want to remind you this the, this movie had a one hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, uh, it came out to rave reviews in in a November month. It was mm-hmm. it, it kind of an interesting time to re- release a, a big blockbuster movie like this, and it made almost three hundred and fifty million dollars at the wow. box office. This thing was a stunner of a hit. That's um, crazy. Yeah, like maybe not like MCU numbers, mm-hmm. like, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was ever going to do that. I don't think they were even going for that. Um, it's just kind of a, a you know fun kind of late fall action romp, and, and this thing totally ran away with the box. And office. you got kind of think of the times too. I mean, yeah. this was a big hit for two thousand four for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, if you haven't seen the movie in a while, I, I'm sure you, you probably uh, probably haven't. I, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't seen it since it originally came out. I, honestly, I don't I don't know that I even even saw it a second time. Yeah, um, um, I think I've seen it two or three times before this. Oh, but yeah. I mean, it's it's for sure been at least like fifteen years since I've seen this movie. Yeah, so like maybe I saw it like in two thousand six, or maybe I saw it in theaters and then saw it again when it came out on DVD. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't. I I remembered the main premise, of course, because who's going to forget? what this movie's about if yeah. you've seen it before. But I mean, I didn't remember like them going to the Arctic circle. Oh, I didn't remember the beginning of the movie yeah. at all. Um, I, I didn't, I honestly didn't remember. I remember that it was a globe trotting. I mean, it's all in the new England area, but like I, I knew it was like a going from city to city kind of thing, but I couldn't have told you half of the locations of the video oh, yeah. too. Um, so I, like, I even forgot the Liberty Bell is in this, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of, kind of lightly in the, in the movie, but, um, everyone remembers the declaration of independence part. Um, you know, that they're stealing the declaration of independence. How um, about the gift shop scene? Dude, that, I'm, I'm going to interrupt that movie. That part is so great. You have to pay for that, <laughs> sir. And he's just like, what? That'll be $35. So it's, it's. Obviously, very funny. I, I was yeah. laughing so hard when I was watching it. Uh, <laughs> the fact that he has to buy, he has to buy the declaration that he's stealing. Yeah. is is so funny to me. Um, but uh, it's it's also 
it also makes sense. Like mm-hmm. it's not just played just for laughs and like, you know, let your mind go or whatever. Like if he walks out without pain for what she thinks is just a lookalike, <laughs> then she calls the cops. Like yeah. he's trying to get out without alerting anybody. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and then of he course. He pulls out the money and he yeah. doesn't even have enough money. <laughs> He's like, I have $32. She's like, we take Visa. <laughs> and what's so interesting about that is she's, he swipes his credit card, his, his credit yeah, card. His own credit card. <laughs> and so, like, because he his, was using like an alias when yeah. he was in there. He's not telling anyone his real name. Now they have his real name and all yeah. of his data. So, yeah, really interesting. But I mean, that's. I mean, that's one of the early, like, laugh out loud scenes. Just him in the gift shop. And it's this lady that she's definitely by the book. Yeah. Uh, she's not getting paid much to work at this gift <laughs> shop. And it, it was pretty humorous. Yeah. For sure. Uh, movie's got a little bit of heist in it. Obviously, mm-hmm. the decoration and, and some of the other stuff have kind of a heist element to it. Um, although not as big of a team. It's really just him and a couple friends. Yeah. Um, there's some love interest stuff, which I, I think works in yeah. this movie. It's, it's actually pretty good. Um, the movie is heavily inspired by Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. It, it is, Without a doubt. it is basically a, almost like a reboot of Indiana mm-hmm. Jones that they were going for. Um, in, in fact, I would say you maybe not, don't even have this movie without Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, it sets up the tropes that you're expecting to see in this. Um, there's, uh, like Indiana Jones, there's bad guys that are going after the same treasure that Indy, Indy mm-hmm. is going for, you know, Ben in this case. And uh, they don't always have all the details like the Indiana Jones yeah. movies. He's a step ahead, but then they're, <laughs> yeah. they're closely behind. Yeah. Because they end up in Philadelphia, which you're just <laughs> like, how on earth did they figure out that they were going to Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, swap Germans out for you know his uh, his he's like Russian. Yeah, I I don't really know. He's He's got like a British accent, I think. But yeah, he's uh, Ian is is his name. But like um, he and his like henchmen, he has like unlimited (laughs) money and can like basically buy his way through this. Yeah, it sounds like he kind of was like the money in Ben really starting his search for this. Yeah, and. But I mean, he has so many henchmen, and I mean, it's a. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, <laughs> but I mean, it's it had my attention for the two hours. Yeah, I liked it more than I thought I would. Yeah, I I remember I remember liking it at the time, but I was I definitely went into it thinking this movie probably doesn't age very well. Yeah, and about halfway through the film, I I just like just kind of took an assessment of where I, how I was feel, feeling, mm-hmm. I, you know, am I enjoying myself? I was like, yeah, I am. I like, yeah. this is fun. I, I like the action is really good. Um, mm-hmm. there's that great epic, um, uh, chase scene where like, she's like, f- like flying off the, the, yeah. the back door of the van or right the after or they've stolen the declaration of independence. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're having to grab her like at, you know, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, like going the, through a construction site. Yeah. I mean, it was a good scene. I mean, it this movie is very high energy. Yeah. And it's it's got likable characters, which oh, yeah. I, I think there are a lot of movies where I I'm interested in, in to see how it plays out, but I'm not necessarily like um 
you know, feel buddied up to anybody or, mm-hmm. or, or have like really invested interest in what happens to these guys. Yeah. But, but not so with these characters, man. Like I, I really, Riley is, is so likable. Oh like, yeah. For I, sure. He, he's one of the most, I think he's one of the most likable, um, assistant, like sidekick characters that I've seen in a movie in a long time. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's, his wit and his delivery is so good. And he's, he's dry all the time and just making fun of his own friends all the time yeah. that like, you just feel like you're part of the gang when Riley's around. Like I, um, and, and Abigail too, like she's, yeah. she's, uh, so if you don't remember how they meet Abigail, she, she works for the, um, artifacts or yeah. yeah what is it called? Isn't the artifacts? It's, it's like, it's the part, it's the government, like federal government, um, version of like a librarian, like she, like she, they yeah. they have like they keep like all the the old yeah artifacts. Yeah, and, I think it's natural artifacts. Yeah, yeah, something like that. National archives. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I wrote it down. Um, so, um, she's she's a government worker, but she's not like FBI or Smithsonian. Yeah. Even like she's she, like they basically just catalog everything. The, they were rejected yeah. by the FBI. <laughs> exactly. And um, and Department of Defense, and, and when, that brings up one of the things I really like about this movie is it, the movie's very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes some dumb decisions here and there, uh, and and it's I, I think some of the things don't always make sense. It, it is kind of one of those movies where you kind of have to check your brain at the door sometimes. However, there are the characters themselves are brilliant. Yeah, which again is a lot like Indiana Jones. You know, everyone knows that Doctor Jones is is a professor and he knows everything, but like. Ben is like that as well, mm-hmm. but so is Abigail. And I really liked that. You don't always get that in Indiana Jones. There's always a, a girl, you know, a, a Bond girl, so to speak, yeah. for Indiana Jones. Um, but she's like just as intelligent as he is, mm-hmm. maybe more so in, in some in some times. And um, has, here's, here's one of the things I love. I, I wrote this down. One of the things I love about the characters in this is though they are ultimately treasure hunters and Ab- Abby, Ab- Abigail like becomes one of them about halfway through the film yep. and definitely in the second half uh, where she's in it for the treasure. Like she's in it for the hunt. Right. But at the end of the day, they have ultimate respect for all of the things that they're interfacing with. Like yep. they are terrified to touch the declaration of independence. She gets this coin from Ben and it's like the most precious thing she's ever been given. Um, they find this old pipe and this, like all these old things and like, you know, we, oh, we can't smash this or we can't touch the Liberty. Be- like, like they're like, they're, they're dealing with the sacred, but also doing things that you wouldn't normally do to sacred things, but it pains them. Like yep. you can see the agony in their face as they're doing, putting lemon juice on the declaration. Like it's, it's so cool to see like the, the absolute, like, um, just, you know, sacredness that they treat yeah. everything. That they and I mean, with. in that scene, Ben's dad is just like, well, just put it in the oven. You need heat. And they're just like, no. no. I mean, can you imagine? It just goes up in flames just like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we just uh, burned an artifact from 250 years ago. And it, it's it gone. Never coming back. Um, uh, yeah, he says something like, because um, he doesn't obviously doesn't know what it is at first. And he's like, is that animal skin? And they're like, yeah, I think so. And um, he's like, wow, that looks old. He's like, and Ben goes like, oh yeah, it's about, it's, you know, over 200 years old. And he's like, are, are you sure about that? He's like, pretty darn sure. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah, it's the movie's really witty. I I think the the lines and the the writing is actually pretty good mm-hmm. for the most part. So, um, I did have a thought about halfway through the movie where I was just like, would this movie have been better or worse without Nick Cage? Like, if if they had they cast somebody else, like yep. uh, put Tom Cruise or you know some other you know mid two thousands action hero in there, and I don't know. I I think I think this movie strangely kind of works for Nick Cage. I'm yep. not, I'm not always the the biggest Nick Nick Cage fan, but his his uh his weird mannerisms and delivery kind of works for someone that's he's he's playing the son of a family that has largely been looked at as Lunatics. the crazies yeah yeah and so I feel like you put a cool guy in this role and it doesn't it doesn't feel yeah. as good I feel like um if you throw in like you brought Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt I, or I, you know. I feel like if it's Tom Cruise you're getting more Mission Impossible. Yeah. Which, I mean, at times it kind of feels like, because obviously Mission Impossible, they do crazy things, and stealing the Declaration of Independence is definitely crazy. So, I mean... But they would have stole it by, like, you know, descending yeah. on, by, on a wire from the ceiling or mm-hmm. something like that. And then he would have, like, jumped off some building. <laughs> and But, I mean, I feel like Nick Cage kind of fits this role. Yeah. With kind of how he's viewed in Hollywood, I I think this goes well with the character in the movie. Yeah, he's he's played some really crappy characters in some really crappy movies, yeah. but I don't know that I would put this in that lot. Like I, I feel I, I like, like him this, this is one. one of his better movies. Yeah, and I it, I I gotta be honest, I I got to the end of the movie. There's a little teaser at the end, and I was like. I kind of want to watch the second one yeah. now. Like I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, which I, I've never seen the second one. So yeah, I mean, maybe down the line when we're searching for a movie, we can do the second one. Yeah, which I've heard the second one's awful. But oh really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of makes me not want to watch it now. Just like and on a on a good note, but um, but I mean, they, I do want to know what happens next, though. They go to Mount Rushmore. I know you're you're a home state. So I mean, I'd be intrigued <laughs> by that. Um, uh, let's talk about a- Abigail. Yep. Um, she is gorgeous. Obviously, mm-hmm. in this movie, she's a very pretty lady. But um, her attitude and uh, delivery, I think, is spot on. Yeah. Like she absolutely nails that character so well. Um, <laughs> I love her skepticism. She she changes a lot in the movie. Um, at the beginning of the movie, she's uh, they're sitting in her office and they're explaining what what sounds crazy. Like someone's gonna oh yeah steal someone's gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. You gotta stop them. And uh, you know, and she's like, why would they do this? And oh, the, you know, there's a secret cipher that's on the back. She's like, right, like a cipher that no one has ever detected in 250 years. You know, and um, she's like, you're treasure hunters, and he he's like. More like treasure protectors, and, and then um, did Bigfoot steal yeah, it? <laughs> did Bigfoot take it? And then um, he kind of knows, like they've already gone to the FBI, they've already gone to like all you know department, de- department, department and he's just like, "Nice meeting you." And just tries to leave. Yeah. like the, the, no one's going to take them seriously. Um, so that's how it starts, and then the, she's intrigued by him and kind of sees him at the at the gala mm-hmm. event, and then when. Um, obviously he walks out, then she like chases him down and she's like, you're stealing the declaration of independence, whatever. And then does that whole fake out thing where like he gives her, um, the the, gift shop. Yeah. The wrong, the wrong one. Um, which I guess he, he got that one 
I never understood what was going on there the first time I watched it, but this time, like, I got the idea that he bought that, like, the day before. Yeah. Like, it, it was something he already had in the van, and mm-hmm. he just pulled that one out. Um, but anyway, um, and, and then she becomes, like, like, she becomes, like, a... There's a scene right after that where they're kind of like, where do we go now? Because we like they have my credit card like information, <laughs> so we can't go back to like anywhere we know. And so they're like, well, um, we're gonna go see Dad, and and we'll try to get it figured. They have this like whole safe room thing planned and set up and ready to go. Yeah, and they but they can't go there. And so they're like, okay, where do we go from here? And um, I love her push and pull of like, I. I don't want, I don't like you guys and I don't want to go with you guys, but I'm not leaving that document out of my sight. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and she was about to take off with it whenever he yeah. gave it to her. <laughs> but I mean, she's a good character for sure. Um, cause at first you kind of think, Oh, she's just going to be like extra baggage. But I mean, she definitely carries her own weight in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I really like her. So, like, your main three, uh, Ben, Abigail, and, and Riley, mm-hmm. I think are all really strong characters. Yeah. Um, I think Ian is, he's a good actor. Uh, I've seen him in some other things. He's hes always good. But um, he's kind of your typical, like, um, twirly mustache bad guy. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't have a lot of depth to him, except that he's just, he wants to get rich. Um, Money hungry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think he's just okay. There's not, I think this was before a time where we wanted to know more backstory about our villains in movies. Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of just content to think, Oh, he's the bad guy. Like yeah. just, you know, go with it. I mean, he doesn't really have a plan. Yeah. He just wants to get the treasure. That's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is kind of in, in line with your typical indie Indiana Jones yeah. kind of villain. Um, I had forgotten how many, stops they make along the mm-hmm. way and that's that's really my one of my only negatives about the movie i'm i'm almost entirely positive on this film uh, i i don't this movie's not shakespeare it's not try, <laughs> it's not trying to be um but um i do think the movie is good overall one of my only negatives with the movie is that i think it goes on a little too long oh, um, yeah. the running time on the movie is two hours and 11 minutes mm-hmm. um and this doesn't feel like a movie that should have been over two hours long it has, I think, one... So the, the whole shtick of this movie is that they find a clue which only leads them to yet another clue, which leads them to another clue. <laughs> like, and to another clue, to another clue. There's like six or seven clues in the movie. Yeah. And I feel like five would have been uh, would have been a good number. I, I, I feel like if the movie is like an hour and 45 minutes long, it feels a little bit more focused and less aimless. Like... After the fifth clue, they find the fifth clue and it leads them to a sixth clue. It's like, how many are there going to yeah. be? Like, at some point, you have to get to the end of the end of the line. And Which so, I mean, I I feel like that kind of goes along with why this family's so looked down upon. Yeah, because um, his dad says the line over and over again. Well, it's just another clue, and that's kind of what you yeah. get that hint that that's why Ben's dad gave up. Because he talks about in the movie how he had wasted 20 years of his life on this. Yeah. Because it's just another clue. Yeah. Yeah, this this treasure has been passed down for like thousands of years, yeah. millennia. And the, it's, it's the, um, the story has been passed down through his family for like six or seven generations. Um, basically going all the way back to the, the times of, um, of the Revolutionary War. Yeah. And so you know, they, 
they're like the keeper of this fable, like this mm-hmm. legend. And, and, uh, you know, no one takes them seriously. Sometimes even their own family members don't. And Ben is kind of, I, I like seeing Ben as like this character of like, to me, this, like, I like to think about themes. Like yep. we talked about themes of WandaVision and stuff like that. I think that one of the big thing, themes of this movie for me is belief mm-hmm. and like just faith. Yeah. Um, taking something, believing it against all odds, even when everyone else tells you that you're crazy, mm-hmm. um, saying, no, I'm not crazy, and I believe this, and it's true. Whether you're right or wrong, you stick your, to your convictions. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of the, the main theme of the movie. Yeah. And I, I Ben exemplifies that so, so well. I, I think you see just a, a twinge of it in Riley. Even he doubts a lot. Um, Ab- Abigail is the opposite at the beginning of the movie. She's misdoubter, but then becomes, you know, the kind of the faith, uh, based person towards the end. Uh, but Ben is like unswerving mm-hmm. from beginning to end. And I think that's one of the strongest parts of his character. Yeah. Um, there's a, a few little fun, little things we can talk about. Maybe a few of those, like, uh, there's the daylight savings, um, thing, which is kind of, kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's like the one thing that Riley gets to figure out that, that the yeah, other two kinda, didn't. It's kind of like Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah. The whole daylight yeah. <laughs> stick. Which I, ju- I just thought of that when you were talking uh, about it because it didn't really register with me. It's the exact same gag. It, it is. I didn't even think about that until right now. Holy cow. Just 11 years later. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. If you've been listening to, to our show since the beginning, you know what we're laughing about. Uh, yeah, there's there's a gag at the end of <laughs> which, which I I literally just thought about that. Oh my god! Oh, that's so good. Uh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> you made my night. Uh, yeah, it is literally the exact same same gag. Um, that in Hocus Pocus, uh, they think that they've made it to morning, but they haven't because it's yep. daylight savings. <laughs> and then um, in this one, it's kind of the opposite. Like they think that they missed it. Uh, yep. And uh, oh, nope, we actually have 20 more minutes because, yep. you know, daylight savings. Daylight savings um, that, that, that's another uh, strong point of this movie, I, I thought, was um, I know this isn't a movie you think you're going to learn anything in, mm-hmm. but like go back and watch this movie. There is like awesome trivia oh yeah in this definitely movie, like throughout the film i mean not everybody knows how many uh signers of the declaration of independence there was you find yeah. that out you find out that ben franklin created daylight savings time yeah or it was his, his idea. idea yeah um they uh what else there was one other one i feel like um they talk about I, thomas edison yeah a lot oh yeah yeah and like you know, two thousand he failed two thousand times before yep. actually making the light bulb. Um, I didn't know about the Centennial Bell. Like mm-hmm. the like the there's the bell that's at the top of the tower is not the Liberty Bell. Yeah, it used to be. It was that that way for a hundred years. Uh, but then they took it down and they put it into storage or whatever. And the bell that's up there now is not the Liberty Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I learned about that too. Um, they they talked about you know they, and then there's some like more fanciful stuff like they talk about you know the t- the the time on the back of the hundred dollar bill yeah. you know some some of the stuff is just a you know you got to come come up with some kind of a narrative pull out a hundred dollar bill <laughs> Phil <laughs> yeah well, let's let's see if this is real I I don't have one of those <laughs> um and uh yeah I I think I I think throughout the movie there's like um 
you know, just little things here and there is like, yeah. oh, wow, that's really cool that they, that they threw that. You could tell that the writer of this movie like loves American history mm-hmm. and, and like geeked out on it yeah. probably when he was a kid and he, he or she. And so, yeah, it's, um, I, I really like the, again, that goes back to 10 minutes ago when I was saying the movie's really smart. I, I really do believe like that it's the movie's crafted in a very intelligent mm-hmm. way, even though Nick Cage doesn't always sound, you know, the, the, the coolest or whatever. Like he, his lines that he's given to, to deliver are very intelligent. Yeah. Overall. I mean, like you said, besides like them traveling so much in the movie overall, I think it really is a lot better than I remembered it. Yeah. And I feel like it does hold up pretty well. So um, one little fun fact is has nothing to do with anybody except for me and a couple of my friends. But um, we went, I, I went to New York City uh, on a trip. I believe it was in 2005. I, okay. Um, I, that sounds about right to me. Um, went uh, with three buddies, um, good, good friends of mine at the time. Went to New York City, and one of the things that we just had to see when we were there was the USS Intrepid. Oh yeah, and it was only because of this movie. Like I, when they got to that scene, I had forgotten all about that. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't thought about that trip in a long time because I mean it was almost it was more than fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. and um, we actually walked onto the you could tour the USS okay. Intrepid, which I'm sure was so popular because of that movie. Yeah, but the movie had come out seven months i mean i think it had just hit video by mm-hmm. the time we were going on our trip that summer that following summer that we're like oh we gotta go to the intrepid so like there's a big scene the only scene that happens in new york um is on this ship it's like this yeah. old um battleship type thing and I, I don't know if it's still there now it probably is in the hudson and you can tour it like you just yeah, pay your 20 bucks or whatever and go that's cool yeah so we we went on we went on that ship and like actually stood where Nicholas Cage stands. Did you jump in no. the Hudson? <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> um, I did think I did think it was funny when they were like in the chopper and like searching for Nick Cage after after he goes down into the water, and um, they're like, "Can you see anything?" And they're like, "Sir, it's the Hudson. You can't see anything in the Hudson." Yeah. <laughs> that was a very like Mission Impossible esque yeah. scene right there. Yeah, or Bond or whatever. But yeah, yeah. it's it was cool. Like, because um, I I couldn't remember how that scene played out. I was like, how's he gonna escape these guys? Because he's already been captured by the FBI. They yeah. he's got forty guys watching him, uh, and he's literally trapped. Like he's on the top deck of a ship. Where's he yeah. gonna go? And he has a brief conversation with Ian and decides to work with him and dives off the off the bow or whatever of the ship into the water and never comes back up for yeah. air because they give him like the oxygen. oxygen. Yeah. Yep. So, and then, you know, whisk him away on that, on that, um, underwater. Yeah. Vehicle. And then one of my other favorite scenes is when they emerge from, uh, game or seeing the treasure and then they cut, basically punch their way through <laughs> this grave and the caretakers just like, <laughs> People like coming out of a grave. Yeah. Um, I do. Speaking of action, I I do like the that scene when they're going down. Yeah. Into the the pit, whatever, where they actually get to the treasure, and um, like there's like this two hundred year old like scaffolding kind of yeah. platform system, elevators and whatnot. There's it's just crumbling under their feet. Like they're mm-hmm. jumping from platform to platform just to stay alive. Like yeah. there's actually one of the, one part of Ian's team that dies, like that mm-hmm. falls to his death. 
Um, I thought that that part was pretty thrilling. And yeah. the music is so good in this movie. Like the the soundtrack, the the um, when the action really picks up, especially like during the heist, the big heist scene at the beginning of the movie, the music it just gets you so um, anxious and like riled up yeah. and stuff like that. It's so good. Um, yeah. I, w- I would definitely listen to the soundtrack like in the car. Like it's it's like really cool driving music. <laughs> yeah, which I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's made by the same people that made uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, I would totally believe that. Because I think it's Jerry Bruckheimer. I think that's or, the... Or, Goldsmith. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It, it's made by the same people that brought Pirates of the Caribbean. So Yeah, it, um, it's it's real string heavy. It's, it's yeah. very similar. So it's, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean is known for their good soundtracks and... I feel like the music, the background music for this movie is very spot on too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like how uh, things, a lot of things come full circle in this movie. Like yeah. they, the very first object that they find is that pipe mm-hmm. um, on the, the Charlotte, which they find out is a ship and they need that. It's literally the key like that. The, the secret lies with Charlotte, right? So like yep. they need the, the, the pipe to unlock the door yeah. at the very ends. Like, Which Ian's given back because that was part of the deal. Yeah. And so that was cool. Yeah. I The the movie does a good job of like, uh, like you're, you've almost forgotten about the pipe at that point. Yeah. And then like the movie's like, hey, remember this object that we got at the very, like in the first 10 minutes of the movie? Yeah, it's going to be really important in this last mm-hmm. scene. Um, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. And I mean, I enjoyed how like the FBI agent um i can't remember his name but he talked about he's good when when he's dealing with uh ben he's like well somebody's gotta go to jail for this yeah and i love how it ends up coming back full circle that's ian going to jail yeah yeah i (laughs) he's ben's delivery is so good and nick cage's delivery is so good in that scene because he's like he's like um they're like, uh, you know, there's option or door A and door B or yeah. whatever. He's like, he's like, which door is the one that has me not going to jail? Yeah, <laughs> not going to prison. He's like, I can't stress enough how much I don't want to go to prison. <laughs> so, um, I I'll, I also like the this is a random one, but uh, there's a scene where they're running away. It's I think it's when they're in Philly, but like they're running away from the bad guys, and she like they split up. So like. Ben goes one way, Abigail and, and Riley go another way yeah. and they start running through a market place and Ab- Abigail like jumps over this counter and behind this like back meat stand and she's like, Hey, no, no, you know, nothing but steaks are allowed back here. And she's like, and she, she's like, I'm running, trying to get away from my ex-husband, which it's not, it's, it's just like a gunman that's trying yep. to get her. And uh, she's like, Oh honey, you stay as long as you like. <laughs> and then he shows up and she's like, no wonder you left him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the movie's got some pretty, pretty good laughs. It, it really is um, a pretty good trifecta of, of action, comedy, and, and even a little romance. Um, I, I really believe like the the flirtatiousness that's happening between Ben and a- Abigail, and uh, of course, there's a big kiss at the end, and, and they live together yeah, at the end. They're 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 fully together at the end. Um, so if you don't remember the mo- the end of the movie, like if they find the treasure or not, uh, the answer is yes, they do. Uh, but, uh, Ben is like very forthcoming with the FBI, which I did not remember that at all. Um, you kind of think it's going to be play out like the fugitive or something where he's like anti-government, 
but you know he's like he's working with them he's trying giving them tips like he's he's fully forthcoming about their entire plot like i i kind of forgotten about all that but at the very end he's like hey the treasure belongs to the world like you know as long as we don't go to prison i'm happy and they offer him 10 percent and, and then, then they give him like 1%. Yeah, because Riley is like razzing him at the end. Yeah. Which, I mean, even 1% of that treasure is like a billion dollars probably. Because I think they said 10 billion. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a still. lot. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, it's like they're kind of like $100 million or yeah. whatever. But like um, Riley is like making fun of him because he's like, he's like, dude, they offered you 10% of the treasure. And, and like he implies that he basically said, no, we'll do it for one. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then, yeah. And then Riley takes off in his Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. And then you see Abigail and Ben's mansion now. Yeah. It's like gorgeous. Um, yeah. Any other like big scenes or takeaways from. Not really. Um, I mean, the scene where he actually steals the Declaration of Independence. That's very, like, something you would see in Mission Impossible, Indiana Jones. Um, I thought it was so clever that they brought in, which, I mean, obviously it's true, that the case that the Declaration of Independence is in is bulletproof. Yeah. I I love that scene. It's very clever. When when Ian fires the gun at him. Yeah. And, I mean... Overall, I mean, I thought this movie, it's good. I mean, it's not one of those where, I mean, it's, I would say it's kid friendly to a point. I was, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I was going to say that and I, I would have forgotten. Yeah. Um, this movie's crazy clean. Yeah. Like it really is. There, there's almost, there's no, um, there's no language in it. There's almost no language. Yeah. That, and it's so weird. Like yeah. that this doesn't feel like a movie that wouldn't have at least some yeah. light cussing in it. Um mm. there's I don't think I heard any. Did you hear any cuss no. words? I, I think this is a movie you could absolutely watch with your kids. Yeah. I, I was it's surprised. It's not crazily violent either. No. Yeah, there's no blood. Um there's uh again some romance, but there's not there's no absolutely no sexual yeah. stuff in the movie. Um, I was surprised by yeah. it. It's a Disney movie, so I guess you shouldn't be too surprised. But um, I mean, there are like PG thirteen and, and R rated Disney yeah. movies too. So uh, no, I was I was actually shocked. I mean, because like we talked about that, it's from the same studio that got gave you Pirates of the Caribbean, where there's a lot of innuendos. Yeah, in Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, this, Pirates and, is way more sexual than yeah. this one is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only innuendo is the scene at the end where Abigail says that he's made, she's made him a treasure map and it's obviously <laughs> insinuating that's going to the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's about it. That's it. Yeah. It's no, I, I'm glad you said that. Cause yeah, if, if you haven't seen this in a while and you're thinking like, oh, I'd kind of like to watch it, but I don't know if I can watch it around my kids. You absolutely can. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is a very clean movie. Um, so yeah. Um, it's it's a uh, you know it's not as good as indie like I yeah. I, I have a, a very strong affinity for yeah. grew up on Indiana Jones movies uh, this is the, Last Crusade this movie is not um, yeah so like if you're expecting that you know it's not as good as those movies but I think for a uh, mimicker of those original yeah. Indiana Jones movies it does a very good job um, mm-hmm. imitating and so um, so and, yeah it's I good. Mean, 
it's very entertaining. So, I mean, if you need something, if you're just looking for something to watch on Disney Plus, I mean, this one does the trick. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's uh, it's it's kind of a rare um, genre, I, I think, yeah. for Disney. Like you're you're not going to find a ton of heist movies yeah. um, in or or even treasure hunting. I, there's probably several other kind of treasury kind of movies, but um, as far as like real world, like American culture, mm-hmm. American history. This is kind of it. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good addition for, for Disney plus. So, so thanks for bringing this one to us, Rick. Yeah. So Rick Ives, the, um, not just our, um, uh, fan, one of the fans of the show, one of, you know, he's become a friend of the show as well yeah. and a recent guest. So we're going to have him on again sometime in the next couple months too. So, yeah. uh, yeah, thanks Rick for, for recommending this one. Um, once again, we did not decide what we're going to watch and review. Which, Oh, no, we did. Uh, yeah. I forgot. Um, so, Caitlin has agreed to come on next week because um, it's almost certain that next week's WandaVision will play into Full House. Yeah. Which, that's one of Caitlin's all-time favorite shows of all time. So, she has agreed to come on next week and... Her movie selection is Ferdinand. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think I have. It's it's very recent. I think it came out in like 2017, yeah. 18. It's it's pretty new. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. But I mean I we've only seen it once, but I mean Is this based on something? Is it based on a book? It's based on the book Ferdinand. Okay. All right. I yeah. I I think I'm more like when you said Ferdinand, obviously I, I I've seen like clips of the yeah. movie and stuff like that. I, I'm almost certainly seen the trailer, but like I remember that like hearing about that book when I was younger. Yep. So it's a classic book. Okay. Classic children's like you, book. You read it in school, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't think I ever read it, but I think maybe my brother did or something yeah, like so that. Yeah. So it's something like first or second grade. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. So um, it's starring I think John Cena plays Ferdinand. Okay. So, okay, cool. I mean, it's animated, but that was kind of her request. Yeah, I, I'm always up for um, animated Disney that I haven't seen, yep. and especially something recent, like something that came yep. out just a few years ago. So, yeah, I'm all in for that. Yeah, so. We will plan on that. So, we're obviously going to continue our discussion on WandaVision. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll cover episode six next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a really fun, full housey kind of yeah, and conversation that'll be there. Good, because then we can get Caitlin's opinion on... Which she hasn't seen the first two episodes, but she's watched the last three. Yeah. So we can get her take on it. Yeah, I would love to hear what, what she's thinking about it. And we'll have a lot to discuss as they reveal more and more stuff yeah. um, next week. So I bet next week is what we get them you know, driving the vehicle into mm-hmm. into the, the hex and everything like that. So yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. So yeah, next week is WandaVision episode six and Ferdinand. So those are the two things that we're going to watch. And so you watch those along with us and, and come back for our discussion next week on that. Um, have you watched, had any time to watch anything else on Disney plus? Uh, we're not, really busy right now. But. Not really. Um, we watched, we were over at my sister's apartment and she was watching proud family, which I don't even know if I've you've seen heard that. Of that. It, it's a Disney channel show. Um, wow. it's, it's cartoon. Um, so she had that on, we weren't really watching it, but it was on in the background, but
But other than that, we haven't watched anything really on Disney Plus. It goes to show you how much content really is on that service. Yeah. That like you na- literally name something I've never heard of. Yeah. So I mean, we watched Wandavision twice, and then we watched National Treasure, which um, we found out we have another snow day. So I mean, maybe we'll get some more <laughs> in. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, it's full on, like full just. 80 mile an hour family time right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, with both girls with, with our baby just being born a few weeks ago and, and our four and a half year old, we got our, our hands full. So, um, so Disney, if you want to release WandaVision <laughs> three days early, yeah, I, I won't complain yeah. if you want to release it tomorrow. Yeah. I'd be done with that too. Uh, no, I, I just don't have a whole, whole lot of time to watch yeah. stuff um, these days. So uh, one, one conversation I did have yesterday about Disney plus is, um, was more Star Wars stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of got Star Wars out in the fall. I was watching uh, Rebels and, yeah. and also Mandalorian and and movies <laughs> from Star Wars. And so um, I was just kind of like, ah, I kind of just need a break. And so um, I feel like enough time has passed. I think I might jump back into Rebels. Um, okay. I, I was talking with um, a friend, uh, both of me and Grant, and uh, at lunch yesterday. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to get back to Rebels. I yeah. he, he's been watching it, rewatching it, and I haven't. I still haven't seen ever uh, season two or three. So, uh, th- those are quick. Like they're twenty two minute episode mm-hmm. things, and you know, there's twenty some. Like you can binge the entire three season series in like twenty five hours. Like it's yeah. it's not it's not a huge. Um, I mean, there are video games that are longer than yeah. <laughs> that entire TV series. So, um, yeah, I have the time. I just. Um, I would have to do it slowly, like, you know, just yeah. three or four hours a week um, type of thing. So it's it becomes a little daunting with the limited amounts that I have per week, even though I have all year to watch it. So, um, so but, yeah, I might, I might try to jump into yeah, that. Yeah, it just goes to show how much content there yeah. is out there. You'll never watch all of it. Yeah. For $6.99 a month. So pretty cool. Um, cool. Well, you know what's um, happening next week. Um, let us know if you have an idea of what something you want us to review on the podcast. Uh, send us your own review on, on something that you've watched on Disney Plus that we haven't talked about. We'd love to, to include that in the show. You can do that by writing an email to Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. Um, that's P-L-U-S, all spelled out. Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. And Grant and I love hearing from our listeners. We've, mm-hmm. we've read uh, a lot of your comments on the show. So thank you so much for listening and, and being a part of the show in that way. We will uh, see you in another seven days-ish yeah. um, for some more WandaVision and Ferdinand. Yeah. 